2: Hey guys, before we get going on today's edition of the Locked on Auburn podcast, as you can hear, my voice is is hanging on by a thread, uh, but the majority of the show today will be with Josh Vitale, the Montgomery Advertiser. We mentioned we recorded this uh, Thursday afternoon, but um, Brandon Frazier committed last night. He will be a Tiger. Four-star tight end. He is from Texas. Michael, Texas. you hear that? Michael's excited. He's a, a talented pass catcher. Yeah, he committed to Auburn yesterday that's thursday over arkansas texas tech and alabama and he will sign his letter of intent february 5th which is national signing day that is monday six foot seven 249 pounds you gotta love that expect him to be uh, kind of in that similar role as sal Canella. so uh sal canela role and he's from texas michael pappas will absolutely love this guy Real quick real quick literally so excited yeah you're pumped so um, Monday will be national signing day we will chat about that and more but uh, first let's get into uh, let's get into our conversation with Josh Vitali today this is the locked on Auburn podcast your daily Auburn Tigers podcast presented by our friends at fetch me delivery use promo code fetch me 20 for your first delivery free the free fetch me app or fetchmedelivery.com I'm Zach Blackerby joined by special guest, Josh Vitali of the Montgomery Advertiser. It's been too long, my friend. It has been a while, yeah. Well, welcome back in. Thank you. Yeah, we were going to get this thing going uh, a, a few weeks ago when you were going to come on, and the station kind of fell apart. Uh, mm. I think before that, you were on your way down the Mobile. Yes. So it's we, a busy time. We found a way. We did. We we're did. here now. So, yeah, Auburn takes on Kentucky tomorrow, which is getting some national recognition, which is awesome, which is crazy. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But first thing, and when I messaged you about this, it was right after you put the article up. It's been a minute now. But you wrote an article on the MontgomeryAdvertiser.com. I highly recommend everybody to go find it. Um, but the, the headline is, What the past can tell us about Bo Nix' potential future as Auburn's quarterback. And you look at, obviously, Auburn has a new offensive coordinator going into 2020. Chad Morris, and you looked at the impact Morris had on quarterbacks after he got to a, a specific place. So you looked at his time at Tulsa, you looked at his time at Clemson, as well as his time at SMU. And so what, 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 are, what are some of the things you kind of came across when you took a deep dive into the numbers? You know, I wanted to see, because
0: when you're, when you're a new coach, you're obviously taking, you're usually taking over a quarterback that you didn't recruit. So it's yeah. not your guy. So it's the, right. whoever was there before you. And I wanted to see how did that guy fare under Chad Morris? and he had three, um, G.J. Kinney at Tulsa, Taj Boyd at Clemson, Matt Davis at SMU, Right, guys you didn't recruit, guys he took over as their coach when he came in, and all of them saw really, not just like little jumps, like massive, meaningful jumps in just the first year playing with him. And for Taj, I mean, Taj Boyd was a true freshman before Chad Morris arrived, so that one, he wasn't the start of that year, but I mean, the next three years he passed for over 3,800 yards, over 30 touchdowns every single season. Um D.J. Kenny went from 2,700 yards to 3,600 yards. Matt Davis, 855, to 2,200 yards. So it's just there's been these huge jumps. And you look at Bo Nix. Auburn loves Bo Nix. Everyone yeah. in that building is very high on Bo Nix. He's the program right now. Yeah, and he had a he had a a solid freshman season. Not a great freshman season, but a, a good one. Good enough to win SEC Freshman of the Year. Yeah, for 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 what that's worth. Sure, and, but I mean, he had a good season, and if he can take. I mean, I don't think you can go in and saying, well, yeah, he's going to throw for 3,800 3, yards next year. Because if he does, that'd be the best passing season an Auburn quarterback has ever had, ever. Mm-hmm. So that would take Gus Malzahn truly saying, Chad, it's your offense, I'm out. I don't think he'll do that. I think it'll be more collaborative. But if Chad can put a little bit of a spin on it, get a little more passing, kind of advance those passing concepts and do what he did at Tulsa, at Arkansas, and at SMU, I think you could see Bo Nix take a, a real meaningful leap in year two, which is what Auburn needs.
2: So what are you expecting as far as who's going to be calling the offense? I mean, the, the comment you just made there was a little interesting to me. What, what, what's behind that? Obviously, you're in Mobile. You're among the, the media that heard Malzahn say that he was giving the play calling to Morris. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I think the the problem the Auburn—
0: Fan base, people who follow Auburn have, is that they 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 want it to be one of two ways. They want it's either Malzahn calls the plays or Malzahn is not involved with the offense at all. And I think there's a (laughs) which the latter is ridiculous, right? He's an offensive coach. He's he and he's the head coach. Yes. So I think I think you're going to see a middle ground. I think Gus Malzahn means what he says when mean meant what he said when he said Chad Morris is going to be in charge of the offense. I think he's going to let Chad be. I guess the face of the offense or the guy calling the play, the guy in the headset, whatever. But I don't think it's going to be like, all right, Chad, you're on the offense. I'm going to go hang out with the punters and see what they're doing today. I think it's right. going to be collaborative. I think they're going to work together to build a game plan on, on Saturdays. They're going to be in the headsets because you listen to them talk. Both of them said the same thing. They've been talking for years. They've been friends for 17 years. Now they talk all the time in the offseason and they've always talked about what if we ran an offense together? This is their chance. I don't think Gus can be like, all right, now I got you here. I'm gonna head over there. It's gonna be they've been talking about this for so long. They've wanted this. Yeah. And they're gonna work together. And I think the thing that should give people optimism is that if there's anyone Gus is going to trust, it's Chad. Because there were there were times with Chip and Rhett when Gus gave them the play calling that he was like you can kind of sense or feel that he was horning back in or stepping on their toes. Yeah. I think these two are on the same page enough. That it won't be a situation where there you know, there's infighting on the side. And I think if 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 it's going to work, it's going to work with these two.
2: For from Malzahn's standpoint, if there were it was any year for him to bring in an outside offensive-minded coach to come in and help him, this seems like the best year for that to happen. With the exception of maybe Stidham's second year, mm-hmm. possibly. Yeah, I mean it, it's a,
0: it's a good time because you saw you saw the offense last year. The offense was better last year than it was the year before. Yeah. But not meaningfully enough where Auburn was going to take a leap. Okay. And Auburn needs to take not it doesn't have to be a massive leap, it just needs to be a leap enough that it can start competing more consistently with the Georgias, the LSUs, you know, those top teams that Auburn did not play well against on offense this Mm -hmm. year. And I think Chad is a guy that, that works because he runs the same base system as Gus. He's not going to come in and reinvent the wheel, do something totally different. But he relies on passing more than Gus has. He has, he does different things. Probably things people would say more, are more advanced in the passing game than Gus, which are kind of seem basic in a lot of ways. I think Auburn fans would appreciate that. Yeah. So if he just if if he just adds a little bit of a twist, a little bit, just a little bit more, you, you I think you could see the opposite take the next step because the the talent is there. There's. More than enough running backs. I mean, they're going to have, that's the best problem Auburn has this year is how they're going to split carries between these dudes. We've been
2: talking about that
1: all week on the podcast. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting situation, but. This lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
2: Looking at who the quarterback is going to be throwing to, who Bo Nix is going to be throwing to, obviously there's Seth Williams. Somebody else has to step up right Yeah, it, they do. Know, uh, so is that going to be easier to do in Chad Morris's system, you think? I think it. Could be. It's going to depend on how these guys practice. I
0: mean, I think there's there's talent in that room. Obviously, you have Seth, who is a guy I wrote about him today. I think he he could be the third 1,000-yard receiver in Auburn history pretty easily. He was close this year, and he missed six quarters. Uh, yeah, I thought he was going to get it. Yeah. If he hadn't missed this, those six quarters, yeah, he might have, because he was at 830. He wasn't far off. Right. Um, Anthony Schwartz, I mean, obviously we know the speed. It hasn't always clicked in the field, but he he was more involved as a receiver late in the season than he was earlier in his career. So maybe that gets him some more touches and maybe more creative ways. That's the thing with him. He, I feel like the last two years they've had they've done one thing with him.
2: It's like he can do other stuff. The uh, the success the Kansas City Chiefs have had with mm-hmm. Anthony uh, with um, Tyreek, Tyreek Kill. Yeah, I mean Auburn fans. If a, if the Chiefs game is on, they're going to be tweeting about Tyreek Hill and Anthony Schwartz. Yeah, I think the 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 biggest
0: the thing that Anthony Schwartz needs help with is that he's not a guy, he's like Ryan Davis two years ago. He was a guy, get Ryan Davis the ball, let him do stuff. Yeah. Anthony Schwartz needs to be in motion because that's when he's at his best when he's running. I don't think he's a real stop and go guy. That's why you see the jet sweeps or the slants, but he's a guy like those short slants over the middle, just get him the ball while he's moving and let him go. They yeah. got to do more design more ways to get the ball in his hands like that. So that's two guys. We've been waiting for Matthew Hill to kind of take a, a, a step since he got here. I think he is supremely talented,
2: just hasn't all come together on the field I mean, is as he a receiver the, Is yet? he the next Marquise McLean? Like all the talent in the world, it just doesn't click? I don't, I, I, want, I hope not. I hope is, not, too. I, I
0: hope he's on the field this year. I think he has the potential to be like a more athletic Ryan Davis. Wow. Because like Ryan Davis is really good, but Ryan Davis is a smaller guy. He was quick, um, but he wasn't. You know, the biggest big play threat. I think Matthew Hill's got a lot of those same tendencies, but he's a bigger body, more athletic type of guy. Okay. Yeah, Eli Stove back, who they they went to sometimes last year, but not always. But whenever he got the ball, he would gain five or six yards. He was a solid guy. Is Stove coming back? He's only a junior. I thought he was a senior. No, he's uh, he's got a year left. Okay. Because he red that year with the injury. Yeah, that makes sense. So Stove should be back. Sure. Um. So there there are guys, and I think, I mean, Kobe Hudson's the guy that signed who they're really high on. Um, Seth Williams, when we talked to him after the season, was pretty high on uh, Deshaun Sheffield, who we didn't see much last year because he was hurt. Yeah, um, They think he could take a step. So there there are guys, but they do need to I feel like Shedrick Jackson's
2: forward. going to be on the, the, the field just because they like his blocking
0: ability. Yeah, I think you'll see Shedrick play a lot of the snaps that Sal Canelo played last year, yeah. uh, being that blocker on the field. So there there are guys, but they, they need to take a, a step forward outside of
2: Seth Williams, and I think, I think they will. I think Chad Morris will help that too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he seems like the guy that can scheme people open, and so I mean, even you know Schwartz's speed is going to help him be able to create uh, you know create space. But outside of that, there's not a guy that I see that's just going okay. He can create his own space by running an out route or whatever. I just have a feeling with what Morris is able to do and what he's able to bring to the table. I think he's going to be able to help. I think he's going to be able to help these guys out yeah it's the it's
0: the creativity it's the doing more to get guys open whether it was route running or just scheming guys open like you said I think I think that's what Auburn's offense needed. and I think Chad is the best guy to do it both because of his background and because of what he's done in his career and also because he is a guy that Gus Malzahn trusts the NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your
2: team every day. Let's talk about the running back situation. What, why not? I think, uh, I think it's CJ Williams' job currently. Really? I do. I'm not okay. on the Booby Whitlow train.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll um, disagree
2: then, because I think Booby Whitlow's the guy. You think it's all Booby?
0: I think he's the. I, I think he's the leader. I think the the problem with DJ. I think DJ Williams is very talented. DJ Williams needs to get more explosive. Okay. Because you look at his last. If you look at last season's number, I think he averaged a little more than four yards a carry. If you take out those two carries against LSU and just look at the rest of his carries, three and a half yards a carry. That's a big deal. Yeah, that's not... Small he, sample size, too. It's small, but, but he needs to get... It's 78 carries. needs to get more explosive. Okay, 78 is higher number than I was yeah, thinking it would he be. he needs to be a little more... Because 3.3 yards a carry... Again, it's not all him. It's the offensive line did not block particularly well for anybody last year. And you could say that
2: with Booby as well. Yeah. Booby's numbers will probably go up if he has a better offensive line. Yeah, so I
0: think... But uh, I, I do think you're going to see a lot of guys rotate in. Because I think... I mean, Booby's going to get touches. Because the coaching staff does tr- just truly trust him. DJ, if he gets more, even
2: with his fumbling issues,
0: there's a reason they always go back to him. They truly frustrate. And at the like, I I think we've we say fumbling issues. He has a, a fumbling problem. He he fumbled the ball four times last year. Auburn lost two of them, okay. and three of those fumbles were in the two lane game week too. So Fair it's enough. not it's not a, as massive as an issue as people make it out to be. It's hey, only that's four a great all point. season. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and then you look at I think the 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 guys to watch in the spring summer and fall are going to be Mark Anthony Richards and Tank Bigsby I mean, who are, I mean, they're both dudes like, those guys so, are going to be good but it's just, it's just whether the coaching staff gets somewhere where they trust them enough to play and when they trust them
2: enough to play You know how every offseason there's, uh, there's a, there's my voice is leaving me, I'm glad you're here because you can talk a lot and I love that <laughs> The, um, there, every offseason there's a guy that that fans just latched to Mm -hmm. it was booby willow last year. It seems like it's always, you know, a different receiver, you know, whatever this year to me, it seems like it's Harold Joyner. Interesting. Yeah. I I get, I get the love for him and it's Uh, fun. He's an exciting guy, but is he a true running back? I I, I don't think, I don't think the coaching staff really knows what he is. He's not a running
0: back. And I think people, and I, and the reason I say that's not my opinion the coaching staff never really thought he was a true running back. Mm-hmm. The, the day he committed at Auburn, I was standing there. He was like, yeah, they see me as kind of a Charles Clay hybrid tight end fullback kind of guy. That's Wh- what they were telling
2: him. When did he commit? Was he part of a, a he went a part of a big cat weekend, was he? No, he committed because he was uh, late. Right? He committed
0: in, I think, in January on a, an official visit
2: because he was in tight with LSU. And then they just kind of like quit talking to him or something like that. Yeah.
0: OK, so he yeah, he was a late he was a January guy, January, December, somewhere in there. This is before the early signing period, though, okay. I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, Auburn's had a I think he was a four star running back. They just kind of fell into to their lap. Yeah, it was
0: awesome. Yeah. But they never really saw him as a guy like we're going to give him 20 carries a game. I think fans see, well, he's a running back, so he should be able to carry the ball. But that's not really what they ever recruited him to do. OK, and I, I would love because I because I remember so they, they started with the H back tight end thing. It didn't really pan out. He's not, that's not really his skill set. Yeah,
2: it was a Charles Clay comparison
0: that kind of threw everybody off. Yeah, and he has the size, but not really the game for that, especially okay. as a blocker. So then last fall, they tried to do kind of like a, a freshman year carry-on where it was like half running back, half slot receiver. Mm-hmm. And that kind of fell off, too. But I just, I mean, you look at his size. He's six four. He's a big dude. He can run hard. Yeah. I let, like, like, what if you just, like, whatever Will Hastings was doing, put Harold Joyner in that spot. But Harold want to be Will like Will Hastings but 6'4 and a, a monstrous athlete.
2: So you like him running more than engaging. Like you like him more as a Will Hastings role than like a Sal Canella role? I like him
0: being kind of like an outside matchup nightmare type guy as, as like a 6'4 slot receiver. So he, he's not a running back. But he, yeah. but he has a skill set. Find a way to embrace that skill set. But and but putting him in the backfield like next to the quarterback and handing him the ball. That's just. I don't think you are ever going to see that up because you ha- you haven't seen it in two years. You are not going to start seeing it now.
2: I want to see them put him on the field and like not use him in a play. Yeah, that's true. Because like, they
0: have to do that at some point. Yeah, like every time had- he
2: came came in, it's like, oh, oh Harold's gonna get the ball, right? But yeah, like put him, uh, just put him at like slot to the left side of the quarterback, and then you know just run it. Yeah, just just see what the defense does. Yeah, because
0: th- he's a guy. He I mean he's got the size, he's got skill set, but he's one of those guys where he's. He doesn't fit anywhere. He's he's got like a tight end size, but he's not a tight end. He's got running back ability, but he's not a running back. So you have to find a way to get him the ball in different ways and be creative with him.
2: He's the offensive version of Nick Co. <laughs> as far as a little like, bit, yeah. It's like you've got a lot of ability, but I just don't know what to do with you. Yeah. <laughs> so they should do more with him. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Because it's interesting because Sean Shivers. It took him a minute, but I mean he's really grown into his role. I mean yeah. he he's not a, you know, first or second down back, but I mean uh, that jet sweep role, he's really grown into it and I think you could put an exclamation mark on that with, with what he did in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, he's a very solid role player. And I think
0: the the hardest thing for these running backs is if, if all these guys accept roles, it could be a really good group. But you, there's always that fear in college football of what if one guy gets frustrated and says, I'm getting three touches a game, I'd like fifteen to twenty.
2: Well, well. With, with with Whitlow, with Williams, with Joiner, or not Joiner, with uh, Richards and uh, and Tank. I mean, you're not going to keep all four of those guys happy next year. It's impossible. Yeah, and I think the hope
0: is that you know, the younger guys realize we have to wait our turn a little bit. But I think I mean, I think Tank Bigsby is too talented to not get him the ball. That's, I agree in some ways. As soon as they trust him, the fact that he's coming in in spring will help a lot. Yeah. Um, and then Mark Anthony Richards. I mean, they were high on this guy when they signed him. They were high all last year. The injury kind of forced a redshirt situation because he wasn't healthy all year. Um, but they see him. They see him a lot like kind of like a freshman year carry on, where he's got that same kind of running style, but also can be a weapon receiving the ball out of the backfield. And Chad Morris throws
2: the ball to running
0: backs. A I was about more. to ask you that. You read my mind. He throws the ball a little more the running backs than, than Gus Malzahn traditionally has. So, so which maybe there's a role for that too.
2: Which Auburn running back benefits the most from that? Being added to the offense, I would say Richard. I think Richard's the best receiver out of them. Really?
0: Yeah. Just. How, uh, just based how, on, how do we know that? Just based on ability. I mean, that's what he did. He did a lot of that in high school. Okay. Uh, Tank Bigsby's also a great pass catcher. But like, you look at Williams and Whitlow, they never did that in high school because mm-hmm. they were both quarterbacks their senior years. So they were just not. They were not guys going out and catching passes. They they can do that, but like. You see Whitlow sometimes doesn't catch the ball. He's just not really something he ever did in high school, so he's kind of learning it on the fly.
2: Well, I mean, he got some experience with that when he first got to Auburn, right? Didn't yeah. Lindsey wanted him to be a receiver. Yeah, he came as a receiver, but okay. I, I think he's, he
0: just, like, you. they throw the ball to him sometimes in a game. He's just, he's just not a great It, it doesn't look comfortable, yeah. yeah, with him doing that. I think that. Richards and Bigsby will be a little more natural because they're guys, they were true running backs in high school, and they were guys their teams threw to a lot because they were best players in the field
2: so based on this conversation you're a lot lower on dj williams than i am
0: i like dj williams i just don't think he's the guy right now unless he puts unless he can find a way to get a little more explosive do
2: you think there's ever a chance that he is the guy it sounds like you know tank's only a year behind him and you're pretty high on tank yeah but i i like i like both i i i hate the idea of the guy
0: i think the guy is going away even with Yes. Really? Look at the beginning of the year. Booby was the guy getting 19, 20 carries a game. Okay. I, don't, I, think, I think the days of a, a running back getting 31, 32, 33 carries in this offense are probably gone. I, think, I hope you're right. Uh, uh, I, think, I think they've realized that you, you look back at 16 and 17 when Cam Petway got hurt, and mm-hmm. Carryon got hurt, and the offense just crumbled without them. You can't be relying on one guy and you can't ride one guy into the ground. You must have options.
2: Does Cam Petway have the weirdest career in Auburn history? A little bit. It I might mean, he might be. I mean, he was like a it's,
0: super. So like he had for five games. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Like he was a fullback who never touched the ball, who became a running back <laughs> that led the SEC in rushing, who became a guy who got hurt and <laughs> left early, and then that was it. Now he's a coach at Central. Yeah, that's right. What a what a ride. He
2: teaches in the history wing over there. What a ride. Yeah. Good for him, though. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. All right, cool. Uh, one last question, one last topic while I have you, Josh. The, um, the tight end situation. I mean, You know as well as I do, Auburn fans want the tight end to be a part of the offense more than anything. Based on what you've seen with Morris' offense and the, his past stops, what's the likelihood of that going forward? I, I think it could be involved a little more. Okay. We saw a little more last year from previous years, too. Yeah, I mean,
0: compared to previous years, last year was like a gigantic leap. There was like 15 catches for tight ends and H-backs. That's like, that's insane for Auburn. It's like 15 times
2: more than normal. Yeah, at 16,
0: they had zero. So like, it's crazy. that's a, yeah. But I think he does like to do it more. And they're, I mean, you can tell they're recruiting tight ends. Mm-hmm. I mean, they brought in J.J., I think, Peg West, Peguice? i don't know how to say his name. Yeah. Pugies. Uh, I that, said
2: Pugies, but I—I I, I wasn't confident about it. I, I'm excited for that.
0: That dude is six-two, like two ninety-eight as a tight end, like age back. That—that's yeah. a freak of nature. Sure. They're recruiting that. I think Brent Brandon Frazier is his name. They're mm-hmm. the. Ty- I don't, I don't know name. I'm not a big recruiting guy, but well, and, and they got you know
2: they brought in Jake Fromm's brother. Yep,
0: Tyler Fromm, and they have Luke Deal last year. So mm-hmm. they're 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 doing more. Again, I don't I don't know if we'll ever see Auburn throw the ball forty times to a tight end like you see old Miss with Evan Angram a few years ago. Like I d I just don't know if that's in the cards, but if you can if you throw those guys five, ten times or you feature them in the red zone a little more, there's something there. I think Chad Morris will do a little more of that than predecessors. And I think the the way Auburn is recruiting tight ends, I think that's that's
2: kind of why you're seeing that. Yeah. Quick prediction for Auburn basketball taking on Kentucky tomorrow. Whew. I have a weird feeling. I think Auburn's going to take care of business. I think Auburn
0: could, and I think I think the reason is that it's at home. Yeah, I, I, I just got a feeling. Samir Daddy's going to pop tomorrow. Yeah, I think he could. I, Samir Daddy gets a lot of flack. Samir Daddy is still one of the two best players in this team.
2: I, I'm one of the people that give him a lot of flack. I'm yeah. not going to lie to you, but I think it's going to come together tomorrow. I just got a feeling in my gut. Yeah, and I mean, the thing about
0: the SEC is it's really hard to win on the road. It just yeah. it just is. So if, if Auburn beats Kentucky at home tomorrow and then loses in a couple weeks in Lexington, that, wouldn't, that, that would be a great outcome for Auburn. Because, yeah, you, don't want, you want to win every game, but it's hard to win
2: in this league on the road. It'll be hard for Kentucky tomorrow, and it'll be hard for Auburn in February. You're pumping out content like crazy, both basketball and football. A lot of good football stuff in the offseason. Where can people find all of it, bud? You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Vitali and follow my stuff on MontgomeryAdvertiser.com. It's been too long, friend. Thank you so much for coming by. Thank you for having me. Follow me on Twitter at zblackberry. Follow show on Twitter at locked on Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast
0: Network. Your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here.